but yeah, like it's it's been like an amazing like two years like of this project. And we we mentioned like two fifty three subs in two years, uh, which is like small to some people, but to us like I think that's a big deal. I feel like in the second year things were mm -hmm. like more refined and things were like getting ready to like take off a little bit more. Like we made the yeah. we laid the groundwork in the first year, and I think that helped like build up the audience. Like in the second year, it attracted more people. Welcome everyone to the Fox and Burger podcast. I'm Michael the Matcha Fox. And I'm Burger. And today, we'll be talking about something very special. In this episode, we talked about some major updates in our lives outside of the podcast. Stories and thoughts from the various conventions we've been to here in Taiwan, and future plans for our podcast and other productions. This is it, folks, our wrap-up for 2022. We want to thank everyone who's been on our journey across Asia so far. We couldn't have done it without you guys. We wish you guys a happy holidays and a happy new year. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the last episode of 2022. Wow, episode 27. Yeah, and right around the end of 2022 as of this recording. Yeah, it has been, you know, like, what, two years? Almost two years. Um mm -hmm. Almost a full two years since we, we began the pod. Yeah, yeah. I That's what I've been thinking about all this month, actually. And there's been a lot that's been going on since the start of this podcast. We've done a lot so far. Yeah, we've had, like, well, obviously this is, like, the 27th episode. But if we go into our YouTube stats, like, we can see that it actually grew a little bit last time I checked. It's 253 now. I think last time I checked it was 252. Mm -hmm. um, so, so thank you for that new sub and then uh we have 10k views um on youtube in total mm -hmm. and i think for a channel that has been active for around two years 250 something subs and 10,000 views total across all of our videos i think we're doing pretty good i think the podcast for sure is a niche podcast like for example like there's not a lot of furry podcasts i feel like in the grand scheme of things i think like very few people touch upon furry but then even fewer people touch upon furries in asia now i think that's a positive and a negative like the positive is that it, like, it's unique it's it's new it's novel i think the negative though of course is like we're very niche like it's something only a specific group of people are going to want that being said i feel like our numbers are respectable i feel like our numbers for youtube are, are pretty respectable yeah yeah i absolutely agree that we are a more unique podcast and a more niche one at that but there are benefits in that we do have people who want to watch our podcast well simply because they want to know more about furries in asia i mean that's yeah. basically our goal our goal is to bridge the gap between the east and the west or anyone who's curious about furry communities over here in asia but it's also important to to remind you and to remind our viewers that like actually we're still trying to break into the western audience i know that there are people interested in asia but i feel like a lot of our followers and subs actually there are people in that those are people in asia though mm -hmm. so i think like i don't want you to misunderstand the numbers but I think that like there's definitely more potential and it's really just about like getting the name out there, right? Like 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 it's one thing to like satisfy people in Asia interested in Asia, but I think I would definitely love to see like more people outside of Asia watching and listening to the pod. Yeah, exactly. 
So on Twitter, we have 172 uh, followers. So that actually jumped up from last time I checked, which was 170. So thank you to those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you to everyone who has followed us on Twitter and people who want to follow us on Twitter. You can look at the description down below or later we will tell you our Twitter handle as well. But I think I also want to mention that we have almost as much followers on Twitter as we do YouTube subs. And I'm honestly kind of surprised about that because, you know, like we don't really actually, we don't actually use our Twitter for more than just like an announcements kind of a bulletin board. Now yeah. we do want to change that, but I'm actually kind of surprised people would follow the Twitter as much. So thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for following us so far. And we do want to add more to the Twitter. Like, for example, like we're going to be uploading way more snippets next year, um, starting this month, actually. And so there's mm -hmm. going to be stuff to look forward to, you know, like more snippets and maybe like some polls and stuff like that. So definitely keep an eye out on the Twitter. Like things will be coming. Good things will be coming. Yeah, I honestly can't wait as well. You know, it's funny because like we usually interview our guests and we usually have guests on the podcast um, in our episodes. But it's actually just going to be the two of us for today. And we're mainly just going to kind of talk about like our lives and our updates and uh, things we thought about like a year review, basically, like we did last mm -hmm. year. So let's mm -hmm. start with you, Burger. So like what's been going on lately? Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about what I've been doing for the past year. The biggest thing is that I moved to a new city. I moved up to Taipei. Mm -hmm. And Taipei is a lot different from where I was before in Zhongli. Well, I wouldn't say it's a lot different. I would say there are plenty of things here that are different, but I do really enjoy my time here in Taipei. I enjoy the different kinds of public transit, like the MRT. I kind of like that the buses are also a little bit cheaper than they were anywhere around Taoyuan, where I was before. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's surprising. I, I didn't mm -hmm. know that. Yeah. So whenever I have to take the bus to go to work, then I actually save around 3 NT like every bus ride compared to if I was just over in Zhongli. Who knew, right? Yeah. Not a big number, but yeah, still something. Mm-hmm. I would say every penny counts. Mm-hmm. Now, the public transit is a little bit cheaper, but unfortunately, everything else in Taipei is more expensive. But usually and not by that much, though. Yeah, not by that much, but yeah. it's enough that, you know... You have to, like, my... pay attention a little bit more. Now, I didn't just move to Taipei just for fun, or just because. Oh, really? I actually right. had, yeah, work a work-related reason in that I had to change jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, in order to stay here in Taiwan, I basically had to change to a different job than right. the one I had over in Zhongli. What, and what, what was going on with that? It's related to my work visa, basically. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, I'm not in a position to where I can just live in Taiwan freely and wherever I want. It, it kind of yeah. has to be tied down to my job. Well, actually, like, if I'm not mistaken, it's not just you. It's it's just the law. I, if I'm not mistaken, in Taiwan, for people who don't know, you have to have a full-time job from your employer, which will then allow them to give you a work permit and ARC. The ARC right. is, what, is what allows you to stay in Taiwan for, like, a long period of time. Exactly. Yes. But right now, I am comfortable. I have a job here in Taiwan, and... I'm still able to do the podcast and go around and be a furry. Uh, speaking of which, 
being a furry back in October, I was part of the concert that was in Infernity 2022. And I felt so honored to be a part of that show, actually. I, I really was so excited and so honored to be a part of that. So basically, the reason I was even able to be part of that concert was because of you, Michael. Uh, mm -hmm. Because you introduced me to one of the other musicians that was going to ah, be part right. of the... Yeah, you remember Teru. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I remember Teru. Yeah, I great guy, him. by the way. Really great guy. I believe he's more of a composer than a DJ, but like he's still under that category musician for... He's Taiwanese for, for the audience. We'll, we'll shout mm -hmm. him out. We'll just flash a picture of his persona. Yeah, and he was part of the band as the person who was in charge of programming the drum parts because... Unfortunately, there was no drummer who could join us. Uh, so the drums weren't like live. They were like like a recorded track kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. um, and any other musical elements that we couldn't do with our instruments, he added in as well. Cool, cool. Yeah, but we had other great musicians as well. Uh, we had Paruto. We had uh, yep. Polar. Paruto been, that... been on the show. Polar been on the show. Mm -hmm. Shout out to those mm -hmm. guys. Yeah, I, I'm so glad that Polar could actually come. I, I really oh, yeah. wanted to meet him in real life. And he like flew in like from Australia and mm -hmm. it was back when like like we were saying about the opening of Taiwan, right? Like like Taiwan opened up like in mid October and I think Polar was one of those people who just waited. Like it wasn't the opening, it was the quarantine actually. Like Taiwan was open. Mm -hmm. It was just like, Will you be are you willing to like go through the quarantine? So Polar made it um in the end, yeah. Yeah, I believe this is one of those cases where good things comes to those who wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this was actually the first per musical performance that I had in, like, years. So Year, to yeah, be able yeah. to... Yeah, because yeah, you, you were, like, you studied music, right? I studied music. I performed for a couple of bands and performers mm -hmm. before. Like, back, back in, in the Texas. United States. Right. Yeah. But I haven't been able to do that when I was in mainland China or here in Taiwan. So to be able to do that, not only that, but for furries, for a convention, that mm -hmm. was so, that was amazing. Such an honor. Mm -hmm. I, I still feel like I could have practiced and rehearsed a little bit more, uh, but, okay. but that just happens. You know, you're never going to be 100% perfect, but that's just how it is. And uh, last thing before I pass the mic to you, I have a new fursuit in the works. Oh, okay. How much can yeah. we know? I can tell you a little bit about the design and the basic character. So mm -hmm. this is a pink angel dragon by the name of Tung Hai. It took me a while to actually find the best name to give this character because I wanted it to have like an actual Mandarin Chinese name. Just right. because I wanted, to, I wanted it to help represent a new chapter in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so I'm going to flash that name on the screen. Basically, that name translates to something like soaring over the oceans. Basically what I did when I went from the U.S. over to Taiwan. So this character is going to be different from Burger. It's going to be a bit more androgynous, a bit more bubbly, a mm -hmm. bit more personality as well. I want to actually take on more of a character rather than just be myself as a furry. It is going to be a full digi-degrade suit as well. And that's kind of exciting, but also a little scary because I have only ever worn a partial suit. Now, that could mean a lot more maintenance, but it could also mean a lot better, like, character acting because they see more than just the person that is wearing the costume, the people around the fursuit. Mm -hmm. So 
that is also something I'm super excited about. So you made uh, like the payment already or like how, how, how's that been going on? I basically have paid most of it. I still need to mm -hmm. make one more, gotcha. but that will not be until sometime next year. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. So, yeah. So basically that's it for me. Now, Michael, why don't you tell us more about what you've been up to? Yeah. Um, so for me, mainly kind of the same old, same old. I hate to sound boring, <laughs> but uh, no, like, like I said in the beginning, like, you know, this year was basically like classes, freelance work. I am a master's student and that's you know, basically been dominating my life. I started my third year officially at my institution, um, NTNU GITI, and um, I'm told that you can graduate within four years, but most people graduate within three. So this mm. is like the start of my third year. Um, this would be my fifth semester, and then I'll need one more semester, so I'll take six semesters total, three full years. Like, th that's how it looks right now. And yeah, um, yeah like I would say uh, classes overall have been good. I'm kind of at the point where I'm doing like more networking and taking on more cases. Like for example, I translated um, that book, uh, Beast Fantasia's 10 year anniversary mm -hmm. art book. That was technically Zilvin's book. That was a project that it was like a year, I think it, it was it, like, like maybe eight months, but it was kind of like one of those like on and off kind of things. Like, like we started like eight months ago, but then there's like a few months break because of like Furimosa or Infernity, I forget which one. And then we came back to the project. So that one took roughly about eight months. Um, but that was the first time anyone has ever approached me to be a translator for a book. And I, I felt so, so proud and so honored. And that's going to look great on the resume. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I appreciate that. You're always looking for more work, for more ways to really mm -hmm. sharpen your skills and to make a name out there as a translator. Uh, yeah. You kind of have and to also, as a freelancer. Yeah, and I'm glad to see that you're working with Zilvin as well. I think Zilvin is a great artist and an, an oh, excellent yeah. uh, costume maker as well. Yeah, Zilvin, like I said, working with Zilvin, it was um, JC was on the team as like the copy editor, and then I think Strifey was there as like the secondary translator slash copy editor. Uh, so it was a four-person team on that project. I also translated two um, two more books in addition to that one both about this thing called the military dependence village mm -hmm. so what that is is like after the roc retreated to taiwan in 1949 they brought the soldiers of the republic of china they brought their like their children their family of course like they they, they would want to do that right, and so right. obviously they didn't have those homes they didn't have like the infrastructure to support like these like thousands and thousands of soldiers and their families coming in so the military dependence village, it's called Zhenzun in, in Chinese. And it's like these two children's books. They're not they're not really like telling a moral. It's just more like this is like one of the child of the of the soldiers, I should say. And mm -hmm. it's just like them kind of playing around, you know, in the village and stuff like that. So it's not really like it's not like a memoir. It's not like an autobiography. It's not like mm -hmm. telling a moral or something like that. It's just like it's two children's books. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I, I, I actually you, would you call it like slice of life? Kind of. Yeah. You, I, I think, I think that's good. Yeah. I think, mm -hmm. I think that that would be a good, um, descriptor. Yeah. And I got into this project actually because of my professor, um, mm. professor Sue, who is my current professor right now for my, um, thing is called translation as a profession class. Mm. And so, um, yeah, so I do want to thank him for that. 
And then the next update I have is really just like my thesis because I'm at the point where, yeah, I got to start thinking about that. Uh, it, it is thesis season for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it is thesis season for me, meaning that I'm at that point of my master's where I, it's not just think about it. I just got to, I have to, I have to write it. And it has been a journey because my thesis is about Subing, who is sort of like this, He's sometimes dubbed as like the the grandfather of the Taiwanese independence movement. I, I'm enamored with him. He was just this amazing figure who always believed in Taiwanese independence, you know, throughout mm -hmm. his life. He lived to be a hundred. Yeah. And he passed away like a few years ago, like like in twenty nineteen, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And so like he grew up during like the Japanese colonial rule of Taiwan and he fought in World War Two as like a spy and he like was exiled to Japan after trying to kill Chiang Kai shek. Mm -hmm, um, because mm -hmm. he was definitely like anti Kuomintang, anti KMT. And so like my thesis is a translation, a partial translation, I should say, of his autobiography. Mm -hmm. And it is a very difficult book, but it's so rewarding. I've cried several times. I've cried several times translating, like reading and translating that book and really like listening to his voice and listening to like his stories. Like it's, it's, it's a thousand pages, so I'm not going to translate the whole thing. Like that's, that's out of the scope of the thesis. Like you don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. But if I can get hired afterwards, like if like the publisher says, no, we like you. And if like the editor says, yeah, yeah, we like you. And my thesis advisor says, yeah, like this is a good project. Then maybe there's a way for like either the publisher to hire me or the government to hire me. You know, this might, there, there might be something there. Yeah. Mm -hmm, exactly. I think this is actually something that's right up your alley. Uh, before this, it you is. had, yeah, before this, you were studying like history. So yep. not only is this like a Correct. really interesting story, uh, despite the more political uh, slant on this, this is a really good topic to delve into. Uh, and the fact that you're translating it just for your thesis, I think that that's really impressive. And I really appreciate the hard work that you've been putting into this, you know. Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. It is extremely hard to read. Like, I have to use, like, a dictionary, like, every time. I have it, like, in a separate tab. And um, I even talked to, like, the documentarian Felicia Lean. Uh, mm -hmm. Fel uh, Felicia Lean, like, I talked to her, I think it was, like, a month ago, like, saying, like, you know, oh, how's the progress on the documentary, that kind of stuff. But, you know, all that's all for the future, right? Mm -hmm. We'll have to get the thesis done first and see what happens. Um, so, fingers crossed. Uh, remind me to help you set up a little graduation thesis completion party once you're done oh yeah i that would be so nice <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, that, yeah. That, my, yeah yeah my treat my treat sure sure mm -hmm. so in addition to all of that though um in addition to my thesis and my classes and stuff like the both of us though actually have attended several cons this year so mm -hmm. maybe we can talk about that for a little bit like let's talk about like tea party let's talk about ferment let's talk about infernity for a little while so tea party what were what were your thoughts well, Tea Party was not the first time I had been to Kaohsiung. I had also been to a separate anime-related event there called right, Fancy right. Frontier. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, I definitely enjoyed my time at Tea Party over in Kaohsiung. Now, you've been to the city of Kaohsiung before, right? Yeah, I've, I've been there, like, like in total, it's been two times. Like, I've been there once for Tea Party, like, back in, I think it was 2018, I think mm -hmm. it, it was out of 2018, 2019. There, there, there was a year that Polar came, actually. And then the second time was for um, Tea Party this year. Right. I do like going down to Kaohsiung. I think the weather there is... It's a little bit more warm 
but it's not too hot. So I still really enjoy the weather down there. Uh, there's plenty of good places to eat there. I really oh, love. It for sure is hot though. Like in the summer. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, it's 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 very hot in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. Like right but, now it's probably mild, but like in the summer. Oh yeah. Hmm. More more opportunities to eat like shaved ice and all that though, right? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but for the actual convention itself, for the actual event, the setup for it is very unique compared to other events in Taiwan. They are inside of warehouses, like warehouses by the uh, harbor, and it's separate from the hotel, actually. Yeah, that was actually one thing I didn't like. I actually didn't like how it was separate because like, when we went in April, it was actually getting quite warm in the south it was from my understanding it was actually kind of warm Mm -hmm. and i personally found that like it was a little bit of a walk in the heat to get to the um convention place the location of the convention i should say because like the hotel was as you said is separate Mm -hmm. i think if you're a first suitor it was a little bit tough but even as a regular attendee it was it was still tough i think and that was actually not the only thing that was separate from the event itself. They also had rented out this bar space in a nearby like set of restaurants and bars and such for a kemo cafe, like kemono as in like the the Japanese word for uh, a furry character. Basically, if you got a sponsor or super sponsor ticket, you could go to this little cafe and have a fursuiter be the server for you to give you your drink or your dessert. Uh, It was cute, but if you missed it, I don't think you missed too much. It was just a nice little treat. Yeah, like it it wasn't like the main star of the show, but it was just nice, like if you had the, what was it, like the sponsor ticket? Mm Mm-hmm. Sponsor and above, was it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I was just a regular attendee, but I think it would be nice like if you like to take photos and if you're into that, but like I'm, it was okay for me to pass. I I didn't feel like I was missing out. Mm-hmm. I did kind of like the overall like appearance though, like like the aesthetic of like the pier and like like there was some artwork there and this it definitely had like it was really nice to hear the ocean and see the ocean. Um, mm-hmm. I took some really good like night shots with Xiao Di on I think it was like Friday night, mm-hmm. and then um, I'm not sure if I took more shots at night. I think maybe maybe not, but I'll just flash some photos of of, of pictures I took. And I like that, though. Like, I, I like how there was, like, an interesting enough background to take photos with, like, especially mm-hmm. with, like, the lights. Like, we went at night because we wanted to get the bokeh. Mm-hmm. So I've got, like, a f2.8 lens, and I was able to get the bokeh really well with that lens. And there was there was enough light that it's not just completely dark. So it was I do like how things looked, like, aesthetically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is great. This is a good event if you're a photographer or if you're a fursuiter. There were other things to do, like there were artists and there were a few vendors as well. But yeah, because like they that, had their artist alley inside, like the what was like, it was in the convention space, which was mm-hmm. the like the repurposed warehouse. I I think it was, but then like they partitioned part to be like the main event, so then they partitioned part of it to be the dealer's end, right? Or, yeah, or yeah. I forget what they called it, but yeah. Yeah, and speaking of partition. The area where you had to change, where you could change into your fursuit felt kind of makeshift. It was just like a maze, like a white mm-hmm. walls just to go in and, and change into your oh, costume, okay. which is kind of weird, but it, it served its purpose. I'll just say that. Yeah. 
What about Ferment though? The one that was like in Miao Li, like that was like, oh man, I, I'm camping for what was it? Was it September? Was that one? Was it August? That one was in was either June July? or July. Oh, okay, okay. So like smack dab in the summer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed my time in Fermit just because the last time I was in Fermit was in Tainan, and the area of Tainan that the, the hotel was in, it was a great hotel. I loved it. Um, I liked the decor inside and the aesthetics of the place, but mm -hmm. I think it was far enough away from anywhere else in Tainan that like you couldn't really just step outside the convention and like have lunch or dinner with your friends, but you could yeah. do that. You could do that this time in Furbit 2022. Yeah. Yeah, because it was at a hotel that was next to some sort of shopping center and plenty of different shops and restaurants around that area too. And it's like also, this like complex. Like yeah. if I, like maybe we can flash like it was like a complex of like like they had like sky bridges of yeah, like yeah. like the convention center, the hotel and like the shopping center. It's all connected um mm -hmm. with sky bridges. Yeah, it it was very convenient and like easy to get to to get mm -hmm. to food, to get to lunch, to to get to dinner, and then there's of course yeah. the RT Mart across the street. Right, <laughs> I was just gonna mention that. Yeah, I yeah. think I think that I think you You're were right. more happy about that than me actually. Oh yeah, like I like that because I mean it's so easy to like with with the grocery store next to your convention slash hotel, it's easier to get drinks and um, snacks for room parties, mm -hmm. and I I definitely appreciate that. One quick thing about the tea party that I didn't get to mention, though, was um, I did actually have a panel with Sakura Inu, so shout out to that guy. Maybe we can flash up a picture of his face and then a picture of the panel later. But mm -hmm. um, we did have a panel about, like, how to prepare for American fur cons. Mm -hmm. And so, like, that was probably, like, the, the most interesting thing to me back at... Um, no, 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 Ferment, Ferment. No, that was Ferment. <laughs> yeah, and, like, I, I think that was the highlight for Ferment for me. Sorry, mm -hmm. like, that wasn't, that wasn't tea party. That was Ferment. And for Tea Party, I found it like I didn't find it so interesting that I had like a like a fantastic time. But for Ferment, like I think I enjoyed it a little bit more, I think. But again, because like I had something to do, right? Mm -hmm. Though I think one of the selling points for Ferment was like they had a lot of panels and they ranged from a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And I think like, well, as I said, that was one of their selling points. Now, the, the downside is that like 90% of the panels are in Chinese. So it's like that would force me to really like stretch my Chinese muscles. Like I would have mm -hmm. to really focus in on what they were saying, what they were doing. Like if mm -hmm. you're going to play a game, but they're going to play the game in Chinese, it's, it's, it's like, how do you communicate? Right. Exactly. You know, so it's like. I felt like their selling point was a lot of panels. They had like over 20 or whatever. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like I felt like it was kind of geared towards like more local Taiwanese furs as opposed exactly. to foreigners. But I yeah. think that that's what makes sense though. Like it is mm -hmm. a Taiwanese convention after all. Yeah, I understand that how you would think that way too. But then that also makes me think of the other convention we went to, which was Infernity. Because that has always been more of an international convention. And thankfully the quarantine guidelines and the COVID restrictions had eased enough that we could actually have foreign furs attend Infernity this year. It wasn't really like to the numbers that we had years prior though, like because like Taiwan opened up later, right? It was like mm -hmm. mid-October and Infernity's late October. So it's like, it's gonna be really hard to ask someone, their boss to like ask, for like a week off or whatever right yeah like unless you're yeah. just going to go for the weekend which most people won't mm -hmm. um you're not you know you're not going to fly on a friday afternoon and like 
or Friday evening and then like come back like on Sunday evening or whatever, like, you know, cause you might have work on Monday. Of course. Like yeah. most people aren't going to do that. So like we had foreign furs, but it wasn't like up to like the hundreds mm -hmm. or even two hundreds and three hundreds. Cause like that definitely was a thing like back in 2019. So we ended up losing a lot of our, our Japanese um, fur friends that, that would usually come to Infernity. But like, I still had a lot of fun though. Like there were still enough people from abroad that came that like, I haven't seen them in like years because of COVID. Like I haven't seen them in like three years or, or whatever, two or three years. And I was like, that was really, really nice to see them. Yeah. And uh, there were plenty of local people that also came as well. Uh, actually, yeah. yeah. 1,700, right around that number. So even though there was lack of foreign furs coming, plenty of local furs definitely came in to enjoy themselves at Infernity. And, I still, and that's surprising I, I really, to me. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that aspect uh, this year. For me, I was thinking that because like people spent their money on Tea Party Infernity, it's like, oh, wow, then people are still coming to Infernity. Like people yeah. ended up still going and what was it like 1.2k in 2019 or something like that like 1.2 yeah. 1.3 and then it jumps to 1.7 mm -hmm. and i was thinking like wow like people are still interested in Infer in infernity despite mm -hmm. having like two other options like they would well because it's going to cost money right like mm -hmm. it like assuming you did go to tea party infernity like it's it's going to cost money yeah and that could be out of your budget well it, when you want to go to infernity that could exceed your budget but like there was still growth like mm -hmm. overall, despite losing majority of our foreigners. And yeah. so like, it, it just, it, I'm just thinking like 2020, 2023 is just going to be massive. Oh yeah. I just think that that shows that Infernity is still quite an important event to the Taiwanese free community. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like the largest con. It's the first Taiwanese fur con. And it is like, as of today, it is the largest Taiwanese fur con in Taiwan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, something else important. We had a panel at Invernity as well. Yeah, how could we forget? Yeah, um, how to start a uh, how to start a podcast, mm -hmm. which is a uh, well, we're I guess, you know, we're experts now. <laughs> Not really, but yeah, it was basically about like as it's what it says on the tin: how to start a podcast. But then like some discussion of the software that we recommend and some hardware recommendations and the platforms. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, not only just uh, software and hardware, we also talked about like structuring the podcast, how to a little bit about like interacting with guests and making sure you have a good plan and uh, schedule and how to make it a bit more successful as well. Yeah, like it, it was for like people who were looking for like guest based podcasts, like or at least for like for that part of the panel. And then like if you weren't going to have a guest, then still the other stuff would apply like having a schedule mm -hmm. having a plan like those things would apply even if you don't have guests yeah i think the only thing we were really worried about is that it was the panel right before closing ceremonies that wasn't the only thing that we were worried about like there was also like we we had to also speak in chinese and so since you can't really speak chinese well like basically what happened was like i took charge of the chinese part and so what I did was like, I, I was talking with some friends to help proofread the Chinese script. And I basically read off of the Chinese script. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And credit to you and your friends for helping translate what we wanted to say to the, to the audience. Cre credit into Chinese. to Carbon and credit to Bacon. Those, those were mm -hmm. two guys who helped us out. Yeah. Flash yeah, their faces yeah. on, on the screen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Carbon, if you're listening to this, I uh, can't wait to meet you again. Uh, it was great to see you when you did come to Taiwan this year. 
Yeah, he did come to Taiwan. I almost forgot about that. Like, like what was it like? I remember it was like it was like a warmer month. Like May, oh, yeah. was it? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then Carbon's gonna slap me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's doing all right. He's a good kid. He's a good kid. Oh yeah, yeah. Now I think I was pretty satisfied with our panel overall, actually. Yeah, overall, I, I was pretty satisfied with the panel. Um, I felt that it was a little bit different from the other panels. Like, I just felt like it was more dry. I felt like the topic was a little bit more serious. It, it just felt, like, different. But I think, like, that's the niche, right? Kind of, like, goes back to, like, what we were talking about at the, at the beginning of the episode about, like, being niche. Like, this is a niche topic. I mm -hmm. mean, there are a lot of, like, artists out there. There's a lot of streamers out there. But there are very few successful, big, furry podcasts. And I think mm -hmm. we have potential to get there. But, like, I think, like, you know, getting selected, even if you aren't famous and you got selected, I think that's a really nice thing, honestly. Yeah. So thank you, Inferni. Thank you, JC, for reaching out to us. Yeah, thank you to JC. And I think we were also a bit different just because we were bilingual. I think yeah, that I was think another we were big like, part. Yeah, we were probably, like, the 10% of panels that was bilingual, like 10 or 20%. Like, like most were only, most of the panels were only in Chinese. But mm -hmm. I, I know there was a handful. There were at least, like, a few other panels but i think that's cool though like because like now yeah. like with the youtube recording like anyone like whether it be from a chinese-speaking country or an english-speaking country now you can watch the recording which is now on mm -hmm. youtube <laughs> yeah, you can watch recording and, and it shouldn't matter mm -hmm. we will link that recording down below in the description as well so you can check this out after you're listening to this yeah i remember like having like a really epic room party on saturday Mm -hmm. um i hosted a room party like jason was in charge of the room like he was the, he was the guy who booked the room and we always like to have a room party either like the saturday or sunday usually usually the saturday like we went to costco like a day or two before we bought like gin we bought whiskey ray uh shout out to ray he helped bring some of the bartending equipment like like the the mixer the shaker and like the juicer and mm -hmm. so it was making a lot of like um, honey-based drinks i want to try to make something like maybe like a little bit easier to make um, and I also think I might like clarify the menu, the the wedding menu, if you remember that. Maybe we can flash a picture of that. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Well, because I think people didn't understand that you didn't have to just order the four things on the menu. Like you could just ask for Coke, right? Like mm -hmm. you, if you don't want to, you could just oh, like just give me the can of Coke, and yeah. I would do that. But people, I think they only thought you can only have those four things. So I'll probably clarify that next time. But that thing, you know, because like it's really cool to have that 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 menu because like. That was printed on some really fancy ass paper, and I got it right here. It's it's sitting like right in front of me. It's on a pile of books, but I've got like the menus right in front of me. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, like I like to call it the international room party because mm -hmm. there were people from Korea, believe it or not. There's one guy from Korea, Korea, Indonesia, Malaysia, Singapore, Australia, mm -hmm. obviously New Zealand, U.S., mm -hmm. Canada, mm -hmm. Taiwan, obviously. I think there was one person from Japan, but I can't remember. I think someone, from, uh, probably not though, because I know I know a lot of our Japanese friends. They couldn't come. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I saw some old friends, saw some new friends. Muma got drunk, so that guy, that guy got drunk. I remember he kept on asking me for drinks. I was worried, I was worried he's gonna throw up, but <laughs> no, you, like that party. Are... Yeah, you are a good bartender. You know what <laughs> other people's limits are. I, I think that's I worked, great. I worked for three hours straight. That night, I worked. Did I tell you that I worked for three hours straight on that Saturday, right. and, yeah, and yeah. oh my gosh, like mm -hmm. like that was that was fun. Like it was hard, but it was fun. So that mm -hmm. was the highlight for me for Infernity, and I believe the highlight yeah. for you was the concert, right? Oh yeah. So 
I've already talked about the concert. I already talked about how I was so excited to be a part of that, so honored. But also, once we were done with the concert, you just I came decided, right over, right? Yeah, I just came right over and it's like, oh, hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's have a drink, because and you stayed for was... a while, I think. Like, you oh, stayed yeah. for more than more than an hour. It was like three hours, I think, right? Like all the way to yeah. like two, maybe. Mm -hmm. Because like, even though it was a room party with a lot of people talking to each other, a little bit crowded, it uh, was yeah. generally just a good place to wind down, despite the crowd, despite all the chatter, despite how crowded it was. It was still a really good place to just have a drink and relax and talk about how the convention was so far. Mm -hmm. um, and don't tell anyone, uh, but I decided in my tipsy state that I would be a little bit nice and leave a tip for the the bartenders <laughs> yeah well, well there's only one bartender it was me but mm -hmm. yeah like i remember jason telling me like like and I, maybe i had to ask him but i do remember him saying at least i think i remember he said that this was like the first room party he's been where he he's made like a profit because mm -hmm. like obviously cause he's like there's no cover charge so you wouldn't expect a profit mm -hmm. um or you would go even because obviously you're, you're dividing up the the costs but there was no cover charge yeah. And he's just doing it because you know he's a nice guy. Like he he helped us buy like the the the, the booze and the snacks. You know, mm -hmm. and it's it, it's very nice of him. I mean, we we bought like cheese, we bought like like cold cuts, we bought, you know, the liquor obviously and and the and the drinks and non-alcoholic drinks. But yeah. like I remember like there was like coins and bills on the table, like mm -hmm. like the the bedpost or whatever. And I think it was just his loose change. And then people thought that that was the tip jar. So they just kept leaving like coins and bills. And like, mm -hmm, I think there was mm -hmm. like, it ended up to be like a thousand NTD. I was like, oh my God. I, like wow. we ended up making like a thousand NTD like, like in one I, night apparently. <laughs> I didn't know it was that much. Yeah, I just, that, uh, it, it was yeah. funny. Like we talked about this like on Discord like a like a week ago. Yeah, I remember Juno was like telling me like, yeah, he showed me the picture. That's why. And Juno mm -hmm. showed me it's like a thousand NTD. I was like, oh shit thousand mm -hmm. ntd uh, but of course like i think like you know we didn't ask for anyone to do that but it was nice that you know people people did that sure i may have uh given at least 500 <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you uh, i was feeling generous yeah you know uh, anyway yeah great room party can't wait for next year yeah, I'm excited for next year. It's, I mean, like, if it wasn't raining, because, like, that's just, we didn't say that yet, but it was raining. So, although we had access to the balcony, a lot of people were, like, stuck inside of the room. And we could really only comfortably fit, like, 20 or 30 people inside. We could fit, like, 30, 40 people outside. Well, maybe not 40, but, like, 30 people yeah. outside. Mm -hmm. So, like, maybe 50 people total. And... Mm -hmm. So, like, it was really crowded. There was to the point where, like, people were standing outside, and JC and Zilvin came over, like, around 11 p.m., I think. And then, like, I remember JC, well, JC had, like, the tiredest face uh, ever. Oh, wow. And then, like, I went outside to go see, like, took, someone, someone told me, like, oh, JC and Zilvin's outside. JC and Zilvin, I was like, I need to go see them. I need to go. Um, and um, they were scared to go in. Like, like Zilvin told me later through PMs, like, yeah, we went to a room party. Thank you for providing, but we couldn't go in because, like, there are too many people. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, that's true. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. And then, like, well, uh, you know, like, it's it is what it is, right? That just means that just means we have a kick-ass party. But yeah. Oh, yeah. But but no, like, it was raining. That's why, like, at Infernity, like, like it was raining on Saturday. Like the first super parade was like like a light drizzle, and so we were just really worried that like at night it would rain, and it did. Like it rained mm -hmm. Sunday night as well. So it wasn't really a good day to be outside. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and we, at least we still had the first super parade outside. 
Yeah, I wasn't really a fan of like the wetness and the parade. I would have just held it indoors, but that's you know that's just what I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like for the pod though, do you have like a favorite moment of the pod this year? Yeah, glad you asked. Um, I think my favorite moment was when we did the interview with the Vietnamese furries. I was definitely really really keen to hear about a, uh, a younger furry community from a country that not many people think about when it comes to furries, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Vietnam has actually been on my travel list for, like, the longest time, too. Like, I'm always watching different videos about things that are in Vietnam. Bit of a tangent, but did you know there's actually an abandoned water park near Da Nang in a city called Shue? And not I sure. uh I did not know that. No. Yeah. And I know this because I saw it in a music video, and it really piqued my interest. So I, I'm always trying to find little things about Vietnam and other places that I want to travel to eventually. But now knowing that there are furries there that could mm -hmm. show me around and hang out with while we're on vacation, I mean, that's also kind of what I did when I was in Singapore with Halud and Snares. Well, I did that every, almost every time I left Taiwan, like like mm -hmm. for the Philippines, for Japan, for Thailand, for Malaysia. Like I I always found locals, yeah. And I really well, I met Kusu before, I met Bio before, but I really want to meet like other Vietnamese furries. And like I'm actually like still in talks with the the Vietnamese furry that Kusu recommended, who like lives in Oklahoma. Like I've been just like talking back and forth with that person. Um, their their, their name escapes me, but. They seem nice. They seem nice, mm -hmm. yeah. But to, for, for Vietnam, yeah, Vietnam, um, just like Burger, like, I have not been there personally, but I would love to go, yeah. I wouldn't put it high on my list, but, like, I think, like, it's it's definitely on the list. Again, knowing that there are locals there, and again, I I don't speak Vietnamese, so, like, I, I would just be a dumb foreigner. But I think, like, with um, locals there, like, I, I would definitely, like, uh, feel much, uh, like, safer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. There's always uh, Duolingo as well. They have a Vietnamese course. Yeah, there's Duolingo, but like I, I, I don't know. My experience has been overall kind of bad. Like I don't, I don't think it's that great of an app, but like it's just my opinion. Um, like I just need something more in depth. But like, mm -hmm. I think like like it, it wouldn't hurt to learn like a phrase or two, like before going. Well, I mean, obviously more than that, but just something to get me by if I were to go Vietnam. You know, otherwise, like yeah, just like go with your friends, I guess. Yeah, I don't disagree. That's a good way to think about it. I also like that it was one of our more successful episodes as well yeah like was it 1k like it, i think it's over 1k views and i think yeah. it achieved 1k views in a span of like two weeks which is oh, pretty yeah. good for us like no other video experienced that growth that rapid growth for us and i think that was a really really special thing like yeah. I, I the only other like i think it's like two other episodes like the one with titania and the one with Halissa, those were like the two episodes that I think they're over 1k, but it took them like a year. But this took like two to three weeks, and that's a really, really fast growth. Yeah, yeah, it's great to see that there are a lot of people that are excited to learn more about Vietnam and its furries. Yeah, um, yeah, I think a, I think a sizable number of the viewers came from Vietnam, but like other viewers like might have came from like Southeast Asia. Like when mm -hmm. I looked at the demographics, yeah. Like yeah, I was yeah. just, I, I was just happy to get the, the like maybe also, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not really sure how many people outside of Vietnam saw it or outside of Asia, but it probably wasn't that high, but like it was still like the numbers are still good though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was my favorite moment of the podcast, but Michael, why don't you tell us about your favorite? 
I'm going to kind of cheat because, like, if you're talking about this year, I think I'll have to agree with you. It was the Vietnam episode. But if you're talking about, like, the podcast, like, overall for the past two years, I still think, like, interviews from abroad, like, the productions, like, like going, like, making that video and then, like, doing the organization work, like, the messaging, you know, the editing and the cutting, mm-hmm. like, that really, maybe because it was during COVID, but that really, like, there was something special about it, right? And, like, the thing is that, like, everyone is forced to watch it, technically. Like, like, like if it was a physical con, you would have the choice not to watch it, right? Like, if it was, like, in a panel room being shown, you wouldn't have to go to that panel room. But for Inferno Online, because that, that was Inferno Online 2021, last mm-hmm. year. And it's going to be streamed, right? It's not like there's multiple streams. It's one stream that everyone watches. So, like, having, like, 300 people watch your your stream, but then, like... It's funny because like all the like all the non-Chinese like speakers came to that particular um like program. Yeah. That particular item on the agenda. Mm-hmm. And th- like I saw like Dusty was there, and then like Tail was there, and like Kyochi was there, like in in the Twitch chat. And so that to me, you know, we weren't physically there, but we were all there like spiritually or or just like in this like online kind of meetup, um, mm-hmm. I should say. And I feel like that was something special. Like, like yes, we're all apart, but we all came together, like, in the name of Infernity. And, yeah. um, like, you know, these are the people, like, I, I've met, like, 98% of the people in that, you know, in that video, in that panel, technically. And um, you put a lot of effort into the editing as well. Like, we had, like, oh, so yeah. many clips to get through and all that. But, mm-hmm. like, and, of course, like, you know, we're reviewing them. And it's just, like, okay, use this, use that, use this, use that. And so it was just, like, combining all these things together. Of course, we didn't we didn't film the interviews we ask people to submit them but Mm -hmm. i i always wanted to do something like that like this like mosaic this kind of like collage kind of thing and like see what people think about like taiwan Mm -hmm. and it in a a sense it kind of reminds me of the podcast where it just goes back to the goal of the podcast where like we want to know like more about people we want to know more about people in asia and like you know each episode is a slice into that and so, like, to me, like, I feel like it resonated and it really followed the goals of the podcast. But then it was, like, specifically, it was, it was, it was about Taiwan. But I feel like, like I said, it still, it still really maintained the goals of the podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm, like, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's really hard to describe in words, I feel like, like, like how I feel about, like, that particular production. Yeah. I know you mentioned the, my, my hard work working uh, on the editing and all that, but you also put a lot of effort into it as well for the translation as oh, well yeah. as a few other... I, I, I took yeah, about like a third. Too. Yeah, yeah I, t- I took about like a third to a fourth, somewhere around there of the translation work. And then we had three other translators. It was like what, like Carbon, Ray, and then Kuro. Mm-hmm. And it was technically Carbon doing the final proofreading. Like it was definitely a lot of work on his end because it, it was still, you know, it was still a lot of work. But um, like to edit through all those subtitles. But yeah, definitely shout out to those guys. Thank you so much um, mm-hmm. for helping us out. Yeah. And one more thing, my favorite moment from interviews from abroad was definitely that plane. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The mm-hmm. one, the one, like the one that I told you, like okay, add in the yeah, plane. Yeah, that was your like, suggestion. Add... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, like it was like 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 the plane. Like it started with tail. I think like tail was talking, mm-hmm. 
and then like Kiyochi, no Alder was talking, and then Alder like moved his hand, and it looked like mm -hmm. he was gonna bap something out of the sky. I was like, can you just like 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 add in a plane flying and like blew up? It was like, <laughs> it's yeah, like, oh, yeah, this yeah. Is, you know, I was like, I hope this is tasteful, but <laughs> mm -hmm. but yeah, but no, oh my god, and then even JC made a comment. I was like, oh my god, dude, <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's yeah. that's hilarious. Yeah, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Well, let's talk more about the future now. The future of the podcast. So there's like some things that we want to tell you guys that we'll be changing about the podcast. One of them is uh, no more live streams. Mm -hmm. um, the main decision comes from, well, there's a few, there's a few reasons. One of them is like the lack of time, mainly on my end and um, like coming up with topics and coming up with things to say, uh, coming up with questions. And then I also think related to that is like lack of focus. Like, like yeah. what is it that we are doing in the live streams that we aren't already doing in the podcast and right. why does that make a difference like 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 or, or what is the difference right like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's just been the main crux of it is what are we doing different that we can't do on the pod and part of that was like how many guests we could invite to these live streams and just have them talk for a longer time which that that's that's always good. Which um, you could like you technically you do for the pod. So like it just it just goes back to the question like why does that make a difference, right? Yeah, yeah, good point. And so it's just like you know, like I said, like what is the focus? Like what is the purpose? I guess you could say, focus and purpose. Mm -hmm. And it's like I also feel like in a sense, like I feel like the podcast episodes were suffering a little bit because there wasn't enough time being spent on the podcast episodes. Of course, that's just how I feel mm -hmm. though. It was definitely it was definitely like an experiment. And I'm totally fine with that. Like not all experiments work out and you don't always have to like follow up on them. But I, I think I learned something about live streaming and I feel like, you know, I feel like it's nice being, you know, live and, and stuff like that. But I think like maybe it might come back in the future. I don't know. I wouldn't be able to tell you when and where, but mm -hmm. for now we, we won't be doing live, uh, live streams. Yeah. And so the other thing that we also want to announce is like restructuring of the podcast. We want to do a little bit more long form with the podcast. We want to do something that's a little bit more than an hour, like maybe hour 20, hour 30. And that'll mm -hmm. give us like a little bit more time to talk about the topics we do want to talk about. Like that might include like maybe some more tangents that might include like going down the road for like 10 or 15 minutes and seeing where that leads us. And so yeah. like, it's also having a little bit of like more freedom and flexibility with the content. Cause I think like if you if you have like a 30, 40 minute piece of content, it's still fairly long, but you can only do so much in 30, 40 minutes. And I think mm -hmm. we're at the stage where it's okay to go beyond an hour. And I think yeah. that's fine. And yeah. you know, I usually tell people like, if you can't, if you can't commit to an hour, then like just watch 30 minutes, like one day and watch 30 minutes the other day. Like there's yeah, nothing sure. stopping yeah. you from watching the podcast in parts. We could also use it as like a deeper dive into uh, the interviewee's life or the interviewee's work as well. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I think and I, I think like that's like really an interesting and like like more creative part, I guess, mm -hmm. of the podcast episode where it's like because everyone's lives is going to be fairly unique. I think like through the lives of people, we can answer the second question or the second goal, I should say, of the podcast, which is like compare and contrast the um, the Western and Asian fandoms. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. like through knowing these people, that's how we'll understand and kind of take a slice out of the second goal. Mm -hmm. So each episode is kind of like a slice into the life of, of Asia or Asian furries, I should say. Yeah, I think that's going to be 
similar to like the interviews with uh oh what was it called between the sheets from like critical role oh yeah yeah the mm-hmm, interviews mm-hmm. i think i think like the the podcast episodes like i feel like that's gonna kind of be like where we'll be going like in mm-hmm. that direction of, of like critical the critical role interviews to be specific yeah yeah i know you're a big fan of those yeah so then we also have a little bit of a documentary that we still have in the works and we're not going to talk too much about that but um I think I'm excited about that because, as you know, Michael, I started my contribution to the furry fandom through this documentary, this thesis right, film that right. I made back mm-hmm. at University of North Texas. Yeah, so this project would honestly mean a lot to me. And it's not the only documentary that I've made for the furry fandom. I've also made one about furries with autism and how their lives are and how the furry fandom has helped them. But mm-hmm. what what can we actually say about this documentary that we're working on? We'll definitely be working on it next year, and we're looking at a release date of sometime like fall or winter of next year. Mm-hmm. Um, at at this rate, like you know, talking to talking to the uh, the subject of our documentary, uh, which I don't want to reveal just yet. Right, right. But yeah, we'll probably have it released sometime at the end of the next year. Now we can still do other things, and we can still do other. Um, documentaries in 2023 it doesn't it's not just that single one that that mm-hmm. that we're they're focusing on um that's just one thing we can say um exactly like you know we might we might be doing some vlogs we might be doing like like other kinds of videos like like i don't know like reviewing something or we might be like go, going on like a trip somewhere mm-hmm. i think those are okay because because I, I feel like we're in taiwan and like it would be a shame not to show like how life is here um we obviously can't keep flying around the world like you know with our money we can't fly around the world and and, like make too many vlog videos right now but Mm, i think like yeah you know that's something like a little bit out of our reach right now but we Mm -hmm. can show taiwan and i think like showing taiwan like like the furries in taiwan in particular like i I think like that's something that there's worth doing Mm -hmm. this documentary is going to be about someone in taiwan who's we're we're very excited to talk to and to show off their 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 life story yeah Yeah. we can say we can say that much it's a taiwanese hurry but we can't say anything more than that (laughs) exactly Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so before we end this episode i just want to say a big thank you to all of our viewers and all of our guests so far who have been a part of this production yeah, thank you so much. You know, like like it's it's been two long but somewhat short years. I feel like like it feels like we haven't been doing this for a long time, but I think we have. And you know, the viewers who have like stuck with us like ever since like episode one. You know, mm-hmm. like like I mean, I don't I don't know your names, but like I know there's people who have been here with us for like the two like the two full years. Oh yeah, Gantos might have been one of them actually, but like. Yeah. You know, shout out to that guy. He he always like he's always excited about the about the yeah, episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, shout out to Gantos. Yeah, shout out to Gantos. Shout out to Skrill. Um, mm-hmm. Skrill also messages every now and then. I think Ramen also like Ramen was like popping in and out like on the live streams, but like like it was just like every once in a while. Which I so shout out to that guy. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like it's it's been like an amazing like two years like of this project. And when we're looking at the growth and all that, it's just, it's just like what, like we, we mentioned like 253 subs in two years, uh, which is like small to some people, but to us, like, I think that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, like for something with our topic, for something with our niche, like, I feel like that that's a respectable growth. It's, and, it's and very actually, respectable. 
Yeah, it's it very actually respectful. really grew faster in the second year. I feel like in the second year, things were mm-hmm. like more refined and things were like getting ready to like take off a little bit more. Like we made the yeah. we laid the groundwork in the first year, and I think that helped like build up the audience. Like in the second year, it attracted more people. Mm-hmm. We have a lot more people that we want to bring onto the podcast. A lot more amazing people. So we're really excited to bring those people onto the podcast as well. And uh, I don't think we would have gotten this far again if it hadn't been for the people subscribing to this channel, uh, following us on Twitter, and watching our videos. Um, So yeah, thank you so much. Thank you guys so much. So we are at the end of the episode. This is time for us to say our social media shout-out. So first, let's mention the podcast itself. This podcast's uh, social media handle is at Fox and Burger, and that will be the same as our YouTube handle as well. That's a nifty new feature that they have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at Fox and Burger, it's it's quite simple. You know, we've we've had that handle for the past two years, and uh, easy to spell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, easy to remember too. And then for me, you can find me generally under the name of Lightning Runner. Now for Twitter. It is Lightning Runner, but the first I in Lightning is a number one because I am elite hacker. <laughs> and uh, you can also find my YouTube channel down in the description as well. That is also Lightning Runner. And before I forget, we will also have a link to a YouTube video of the recording of our panel that we did at Infernity. So you can check that out as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for me, um, my handle is pretty simple as well. Um, it's Fox Snack. Uh, it's uh, F-O-X-N-A-K-H, and that's it. Um, you'll find me on Twitter, at Fox Snack, and then also my YouTube channel handle, I should say, is Fox Snack as well. I mainly use these two things, uh, thinking about going to other sites and exploring my options, um, but right now it's just those two things. All the other links are on my link tree, so... For my Twitter, yeah, you'll probably see a lot of like my daily stuff, like like just like stuff I've eaten, so you know, food pics, and then also just like other updates about my life. My YouTube channel is still fairly dead, but I mainly do like voice acting stuff over there, like maybe impressions. I don't really update my YouTube too much, but like I definitely have some plans for it next year. So would appreciate um any kind of a, uh, well as they always say, like you know, hit that like button and and smash you know hit the bell icon and all that and subscribe Mm -hmm. so would Mm -hmm. appreciate that Mm -hmm. as well and with that this has been the last episode of the fox and burger podcast of 2022 this has been burger and i'm your co-host michael dematcha fox and we will see you in 2023 see you everyone happy holidays happy new year